If God is able, we are able. Welcome to the podcast from One Cause Church. So let's take our Bibles and turn to John chapter 15. Everybody doing well today? Yeah. All right. Today, we're going to talk about the habit of a disciple, the habit of a disciple. This little girl and boy were in a daycare and uh, she asked the little boy, she said, do you want to play house? And he said, sure. What, what do you want me to do? She said, I, I, I want you to communicate your feelings. <laughs> little Billy said, uh, I have no idea what that means. And she said, well, good. That settles it. You'll be the husband. <laughs> Mark, or John chapter 15. Look at, let's look at verse 7 here. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Eight. By this, my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Now, Father, we thank you for your word. I thank you for all of these who are here today and I declare over them now the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Christ. We thank you, Lord, that every good thing in our life has come down to us from the Father of lights who never changes. That is, you are good and you will always be good. And we thank you, Father, that you love us with an everlasting love. You so loved us that you gave us your Son. And we know what that has brought us into, Lord, uh, everlasting life, life abundant through Jesus Christ who washed away our sins with his blood and redeemed us and made us Sons of God, pure and holy and above reproach. Thank you, Lord, that you translated us out of darkness and into the kingdom of your dear Son, your marvelous light. And I thank you, Lord. Now, we set our attention on your word at this moment. We understand that we cannot live by bread alone, but, we, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We're so connected to you in the Spirit. We need your word for nourishment. We need your word for growth and strength and for answers for our daily lives. We thank you that it's wisdom for us. We thank you that in it is life to those who find it, and it's health to all of their flesh. And so we honor your word today. We, we set it at a high place in our life today to receive what you have to say to us because God, we're not only here to just hear what your word says, Lord, we want to experience its power in our lives. I thank you, Lord, for all these who have taken time to be here in the house of God, to give attention to the word and Lord, to receive your word in their hearts, God, and then to experience it, to live it, Lord, in the everyday life, Lord, that you give us. In the name of Jesus, we thank you for all of these things. Amen and amen. Amen, amen and amen. You know, your habits are taking you somewhere, and I hopefully they're taking you to where you want to go. Our, our lives, we are habitual in nature, you know. Our, what, your physical habits, your spiritual habits, thinking habits, relational habits all make up your life. They are measured by time. And it's never the unusual things in our life that define us. It's the daily stuff. It's the daily habits. It's what we do often that makes us who we are. And if we learn natural and worldly habits, then we, they will affect our lives in natural and worldly ways. But if we learn good, godly, and spiritual habits, then we will elevate our lives into a life of blessing in the Lord. I was in Starbucks a few days ago, and uh, I was standing 
in line. It was a long line. They were really busy that day. And I just observed something interesting. And I, I know we see this often, but uh, it was kind of interesting that every person in the line was doing this. A whole world around them. And everybody is looking in this little lit up rectangular screen. And it was interesting. I, I thought, wow, you know, when I was a kid, I didn't have cell phone. We didn't even know we needed one. We didn't know we had to have them. Even up through my teenage years, never had one. And it wasn't until my later 20s that we got one. And then when I got it, I realized that I had developed a new habit with this thing. That I found myself referencing it all the time. As many of you are even at this moment doing. Because somebody surely has posted an Instagram picture in the last 30 seconds. And you've got to see what they put up. Somebody tweeted something. So you got to find out what it is. And you find yourself, keep referring back to that little phone. And what has happened is we've, we've developed a new habit in society. The habit of needing without really needing, but feeling like we got to have the cell phone and, and all that it has in it is necessary for our attention. You know, I'm not coming down on that. I'm just saying that I found myself referencing it without even really thinking about what I'm doing. You know? I mean, I, my kids text me in the house. <laughs> From the next room. What's up with that? And Heather's like, if you don't straighten up, I'm going to text your dad. <laughs> or I'm going to send him an email. Well, we're going to get this thing <laughs> fixed. <laughs> Seems that we've kind of run amok with it. The best business today is one that forms a new habit. And so, you know, now we've had to come up with some new laws. Some of, one of those laws that they're working on, in some places they've already established that law, is that don't text and drive. I think that's a good law. Yeah. I think that's a good law. You're saying amen and you do it. So don't be a hypocrite here today. <laughs> all right? You're supposed to say, oh me. All right? <laughs> but it's, it's, become, it's become a problem as a result. And so they're having to establish new laws because there are new habits. So I, I want to encourage this. There, we're going to look today at what it means to be uh, a disciple. There, there's, there's oftentimes not much distinction made between being children of God and disciples of Christ. And let me just say to you, you've got to keep those things where they are. They are not the same thing, all right? Uh, you're not born a disciple. <laughs> you are made a disciple by what you do. Uh, being a child of God is about your being. Being a disciple is about what you're doing, okay? And so Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he says, when you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you will, and it shall be done for you. By, my, by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Thank God, hallelujah, that we cannot earn sonship. And then we've, had, we've discussed sonship a lot lately. We've talked about that cry that is in our hearts now through the spirit of adoption, whereby the spirit of his son cries out, Abba, Father. It's the most intimate 
place in your relationship with God. Jesus said it in that garden, and now because he is in us, we have the privilege of being able to call him Abba Father just like Jesus does because, because in the Spirit you are one with him. That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. And at one time, Jesus was the only begotten of the Father. But praise God, when he died on that cross and they buried him in a tomb, and three days later, God raised him from the dead. He became the firstborn among many brethren. Hallelujah. So we are all now sons of God through faith in Jesus. And in John chapter 12, verse 24, if we could bring that up, it says, most assuredly, this is Jesus speaking. He's speaking of himself, and he says, I say to you, unless a grain of wheat falls into the ground and dies, it remains alone. But if it dies, it produces much grain or much of the same kind. Because in the very beginning, when God created the world, he has, uh, there were laws that governed our planet. And one of those laws was that the seed would produce after its own kind. So see, I want you to understand today that you're not a stepson in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Jesus, the seed of God, was sown into the earth and produced many sons of God. Hallelujah. So you are just, I've said this before, you are just then just as much a son of God as Jesus himself. Hallelujah. Because the seed produces after its kind. You're just as secure as a son as Jesus is a son. That ought to make you feel really good today. That was worth coming to church for today. All right? And you're born a son. Born into the family of God. Only God can make you a son. And you simply receive that adoption by faith in him. Hallelujah. You simply receive that new creation experience by faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. Can I get a good amen? amen. But being a disciple, that's on your part. And, they're dis and, and, and disciples are those who have regular daily habits. It's a lifestyle that looks different, that's distinct, that's very specific. Now I want us to run over to Mark chapter 4, and let's look at a verse of Scripture. We're all, most of us, I think, are very familiar with this passage of Scripture. It's the, it's the, the Scripture where um, Jesus, it's the parable of the, the sower, and he talks about the different places where the seed was scattered and, and what kind of earth it was. And that earth or that soil represents the heart of people, the heart of men and women, and and how it produces in their life, what that, how that seed produces in their life. In Mark chapter 4 and verse 20, Jesus ends with this, uh, this allegory, if you would, this picture of the ground. But these are the ones sown on good ground. Everybody shout, good ground. Those who hear the word, accept it, and bear fruit, some 30-fold, some 60, and some 100-fold. Wow. Just that one piece of scripture right there opens up our lives to see uh, this habit that is found in someone who is considered good ground, or I'll say a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. This habit, you know, the good thing about habits are, is that you can change your habit. We're the only creatures in this world with the power of choice. God gave it to us. And so maybe you've developed some bad habits, and those happen by choice. And, or maybe they happen uh, just because you were involuntarily doing it and not realize that that happens. You know, people pick their nose and don't even think about it, you know. But their spouse has to tell them 
you got to stop doing that. You do that all the time. I, she's always telling, it's the risk of being up on the stage because all of your little quirks get seen. So she's, Heather's always trying to help me and honey, you got to quit doing this right here. You got to stop playing with your mustache all the time. You got to stop pulling on your coat. You got you to stop doing those things. And so I'm having to stay aware of that. And, and still preach to you at the same time. And so my mind is going, that's why I drink seven cups of coffee before I come to church. And my mind is sharp, ready to go. So I can bounce around all those thoughts together. Well, what's interesting about habits is, is that, you know, I used to make Heather laugh. Used to. I know it might be hard for you to believe is the level of jokes I tell here, but I had a friend always used to tell me, you always tell grandpa jokes. I said, you want me to tell you perverted jokes? What do you want? I, I thought that was kind of a good thing. But anyway, she, uh, and that was one of the things that attracted her to me. Obviously, I needed help, <laughs> you know, other than this. So when I caught on that she liked that, I took it upon myself to try to make her laugh all the time. And then it just became annoying and agitating. Still breaking that habit. 20 years later, still trying to break that habit. We're habitual like that. And we can see by other people, we can, kinda, we can get to know people just by watching their habits because we catch on to those things because that's how we are. We see their habit. Oh, she's always smiling. How do you know? Because it's always here to do it. Habits. Jesus says here that the good ground is there's this cycle that happens. They hear it, the word, they accept it, and they bear fruit. They hear it, they accept it, and isn't that simple? Hear it, accept it, and bear fruit. It's how the seed always produces. It's the same thing as the habit of of planting and sowing, that it's planted and it's watered and the seed over time germinates and, and begins to sprout and, and it begins to grow and it grows downward with the root system and it breaks through the soil and goes up and it grows over time through sun and rain and, and it helps strengthen it and nourish it. And then over time, buds begin to form and those buds blossom and then that blossom turns into fruit. These are absolutes. These are laws, if you will, that govern how the seed becomes fruit. It's how fruit is known in your life is by hearing the word, accepting it, and therefore bearing fruit. I want to talk about hearing for a moment. We're all familiar with this passage of Scripture. Romans 10, 17 says, So then, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing something very specific, and that specific thing is what God has said. It's about... Uh, 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 purposeful attentive, attentiveness. Uh, Jesus said, he who has ears to, what? Hear. hear. Let him hear. This hearing is about giving special attention to what God has said. It's not just about hearing a sermon. It's about listening to understand, a readiness to learn. You as parents understand what I'm saying. When you give your child an instruction to clean their room or something, you want a response from them. So you ask the question, do you understand me? Now, I don't, 
just have my kids. I don't say that just so they say yes, sir, although I do expect them to say yes, sir. But I, I make them respond to me so I can feel like they heard what I said. All right? And hope for their sake <laughs> and their own goodwill, their own health and life that they have listened to obey, listened to take action. All right? This is the kind of hearing this is talking about. Hearing the word of God so in such a way that you are ready with a readiness and with a willingness to follow its instructions, to live its experience, all right? That you have given special, special place for the word of God in your life. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. These five frogs are sitting on a log. Three of them decided to jump. How many are left on the log? Well, there's a difference between deciding to jump and actually jumping. You can, you can say amen at the sermon. Huh? You can say amen at the sermon. Jesus said one, one of the grounds, one of the types of soil that received the word, it says they, they hear it and then they receive it with gladness, but they have no root in themselves. So just because you're, yeah, 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 yeah to that, yes, amen to that, doesn't necessarily mean that it's taking root in your life. Now, I encourage you to say amen. That always helps the preacher preach better. To have, but all I'm saying is that is not indicative of somebody who's really hearing, yeah. all right, and really receiving what the Word of God says. There are so many things that are vying for your time, so many things that are try, uh, vying for your time in the way of what you hear, that they're... they're there, there are things trying to get your attention all the time. Your phone is one of those things, TV and the Internet, radio, all kinds of things, all kinds of noise out there in life. And if you don't take time to give special attention to the Word, you will not experience its power. Now, I'm, I'm, I'm going to assume today that all of you that are here today at One Cause Church, you came to the house of God, you got up, you got ready, because you are not only a believer, but you are a disciple of Christ. You are someone who has decided, I will follow Him. His word is numero uno in my heart. And so I want to encourage you. We make all of the, the teaching here available to you free uh, on podcasts. Have a regular diet of that in your life. Amen. Stay full of the word. Keep hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God. You can go to churchmckinney.com and we have a whole list of our our messages there for you to just eat on all through the week. We also have Wednesday night service. A lot of you I don't see there on Wednesday nights. Just now that I think about it. It's a great, great time. Uh, Wednesday nights, we, uh, we, we um, this is where we get out the, uh, the steak on Wednesday nights. And, um, and really eat some thick, good, deep word. It's, it's wonderful. We, uh, we walk through different books of the Bible. I just teach line upon line, verse by verse kind of teaching. We just got into the book of Romans. Wow, it's a marvelous book. I have to move through that book so slow. Uh, in two weeks, we've gotten to verse 8 in chapter 1. That's just, I mean, we just park and eat for a while. It's, it's great stuff. It's such great revelation and uh, great theology there. And it's the it's a great presentation of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I want to encourage you, come. Any ch chance you get to come on a Wednesday night, be here. 
Amen. Get into a, make a new habit if it's not been your habit. Amen. 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 Hearing, being a ready listener is one habit of a true disciple of Jesus. Next thought, it says, it says they accept it. They accept the word. This is where faith comes into line. This is where faith kicks in. Faith is, is, is how you receive from God. Amen? Grace is his part. Faith is our part. It's, it's, you come to the place where you say, I am persuaded that what God has said is most important above what I am experiencing even at this moment. Ladies and gentlemen, the scripture talks about your trouble. It's temporary. Jesus said, in the world, you're going to have trouble. Hey, but be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. That's the, that's the problem with your trouble. It's got that weakness of being temporary. But the word of God is everlasting. God's promises are true. And that you've got to come to the place where you're fully persuaded, fully accept what God has said above what you are even experiencing at this moment, above what others say. Hallelujah. Because you cannot afford to stand between two opinions. All right? James says there's a danger in that. One who goes this way and one who goes this way and stand between two opinions. You're double-minded. You're unstable in all your ways. And then he says these words that really sting. He says, let not that person expect to receive anything from the Lord. Wow. That means God wants to be trusted. And he expects that from us. Yeah. Full faith yeah. in him. Because he has done everything he could possible for us to have a life where we experience victory after victory after victory. He knows you have trouble, but he has victory. The world gives trouble, he gives victory. Huh? The world brings trials and tribulations, he brings triumph. All right? And it's going to happen as you accept what he has said. Abraham, I love our, our father Abraham. The scripture says he did not even consider his own body being already dead since he was about 100 years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. Wow, <laughs> that's amazing to me. He's just about to start his family at the age of 100 and his wife at 90, and he doesn't even consider the weakness in his body. He doesn't even consider the dried, dusty old womb in his wife. Doesn't even consider it. He only is persuaded of this. But being fully convinced, fully persuaded that he, God, was able to perform that which he promised. What that tells us is God's promise is greater than any circumstance you will face. It is alive. It is powerful. And God's word is for you. Jesus said yeah. you should not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Amen. It's life for you to experience. I accept. Just say this with me. I accept what God has said for me. Nothing else matters. You believe that today? The scripture says in Psalm 138, David said, you have magnified your word even above all your name. Think about it. God has magnified his word above all of his name. How many of you love the name of God? You love the name of Jesus. Yes. Now, there are lots of great names in, in the Bible. Lots of great names to learn. I am, you know, you read a lot of names of God in the Old Testament, especially, you know, and then there's the, the covenant names of God. You know, Jehovah Rapha, our healer, Jehovah Tzidkanu, the Lord, our righteous Tzidkanu. You know, some of those, if you'll just start saying them, you might just start speaking in tongues. If you don't already, that's a good, good kickstart for you. But uh, anyway, that, but just wonderful names. And the Lord, our banner, the Lord, our healer, the Lord, our righteous, the Lord, our provider, Jehovah Jireh. But listen to me. 
Now, now in Christ, that's the name you need. The name of Jesus is all of those names rolled into one. Hallelujah. He is, he is that ultimate name. His name is above every name. Every knee is going to bow and every tongue is going to confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Hallelujah. But think about this. He exalts his word even above his own name. Because your name is only as good as your word. And if his name, if his word isn't any good, if he can't be trusted, then his name really is irrelevant. But God holds his word up. A God who will never lie. A God who will not break his promise. He won't change his mind on a whim. No, he's faithful to his word. He watches over his word to perform it. He says, my word will prosper wherever it is sent. It will accomplish what I have said. It will not return to me void. That's why God can be trusted. That's why he can be trusted fully. We can accept what he has said. And the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. Hallelujah. And if God trusts his own word, ladies and gentlemen, there's no limit for you then. There's no limit for you. He has bound himself to his word. Hallelujah. Yeah, but God is sovereign. He can do whatever he wants. No, he can't. No, he can't. Otherwise, he's a liar. He's not just going to go do whatever he wants. He is going to do what he said he's going to do. Period. Amen. Amen. I could have been a little better amen in there, but that's all right. Except what God has said. Don't get caught between two opinions. Embrace him. You know, you're going to have that struggle too. There's that struggle. There's that fight. When you're feeling sick in your body and you're saying, I am healed by his stripes. There's that struggle. And the sensual realm will try to overshadow your faith in God. Because your faith has nothing to do with the sensual realm. Faith is seeing it how, seeing it how God sees it. Yeah. All right? And so that's where you are fully in faith, not even able to see it, but to say what God said, those words that come from you. Because your faith has a voice, ladies and gentlemen. 2 Corinthians 4.13 says this. We, uh, oh, help me again, Heather. How did I start that? And we also have in the same spirit of faith, as it is written, I believe and therefore have I spoken. We also believe and therefore speak. Amen. Faith comes by hearing and faith is released by speaking. Hallelujah. Your confession is the release of your faith. Now, let's go to this last part, bearing. They bear fruit. They hear it, the word of God. They accept the word of God as everything to them. And now they bear fruit. This is the product of those things. Bearing fruit means that you're living in the reality of his word. That's what I pray over you all the time. God, that uh, this people, the people of One Cause Church would be people who are living in the realities of your promises. Not just have it in a little leather book on a shelf somewhere. And that's my promise book right there. No, they're living it. Amen. And you are living it. I hear reports from you all the time about how the word of God has changed your life and is continuing to change your life. Jesus said, I come that you may have life and have it to the full. The words that I give you are spirit and life. Now, let's go back to John 15 for a moment. I'm almost through. Almost. 
John 15, verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit, so you will be my disciples. Verse 16, you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit, that your fruit should remain, that whatever you ask the Father in my name, he may give you. Isn't that interesting? In context here, Jesus is teaching us that bearing fruit is getting what you pray for. Wow. Bearing fruit is getting what you pray for. You don't have fruitless prayers. You don't have fruitless prayers. You come to God, you make your request known to God, and Paul said, do it with thanksgiving. That's kind of audacious, isn't it? To come to God and pray and let your request be made known with thanksgiving. This isn't with fingers crossed. I hope it works this time. Lord, you saw the good I did this week. Come on. Let the wheel spin and let it land on my name in glory's lottery wheel in heaven. No, no, no. No, it's... We pray with thanksgiving because we, when we give thanks, we're saying we thank you that it's done. Yeah. Yeah. Wow, imagine that. Imagine that, that God's children would act like he loves them and wants to answer their prayer. Imagine that kind of boldness. And that's the way we're taught to pray. We're not to pray wishful thinking kind of prayers. Religion does that all day long. You know why? Because their gods are dead. Their prophets are still in their graves. But your prophet, the King of kings and the Lord of lords, got up out of that grave and is alive and is listening. He, he has ears to hear. Hallelujah. He is right now seated next to the, the God of all glory, the Father in heaven, our Father in heaven, making intercession for us. You win. That's why you can come and pray, expecting that when you pray, it's done. So you say thank you in advance. That's that attitude of faith. Thank you that it's accomplished. Thank you that it's done. However long it takes, I already know that it's done. However long it takes to manifest, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter from that point. It doesn't matter from that day forward that you will bear the fruit of your faith in God. Hallelujah. Now, we've all had experience. How many of you have had your prayers answered before? I want to see your hands raised. If you've had your prayers answered before, so you see, you look at all these disciples in here. This is good. All of you glorifying God. I like, I like when I pray for the instantaneous answer. You know what I'm talking about? You know, the instant healing, the headache to go away now. I like those times. Then there are these other times when you feel like, God, did you hear what I said? I mean, I know we're on the same team. You're for me, but nothing's changed yet. Right? So you have to dig in a little bit more and Continue to believe God and continue to confess his word even though nothing on the outside has changed. When I was in the third grade, I got my first pair of glasses. I think the kids are kind of fortunate today. They want, I shouldn't have that on there, should I? They want to wear glasses like it's kind of cool or something. I don't know. But when I was a kid, it was not cool. And you were the target of ridicule. And so I wore these uh, Hubble telescopes on my face and because I thought my mother just wanted to get rid of me for some reason. And I also happened to be the smallest kid in school. So uh, I found myself, well, looking for rocks on the playground during recess, you know, just trying to stay out of everybody's business. 
And with those, with those um, glasses, if I wasn't careful, the sun hit just right, I'd start fires <laughs> on the schoolyard. <laughs> so I, I, wanted, I, I was always coming up for prayer every Sunday to have my eyes healed. And to this moment right now, from third grade to what I am now, 42 Strong, healthy, working on handsome. (laughs) I have seen progress in my eyesight. The last few eye doctor appointments I've come to, the prescription has gotten less and less and less. And it's a wonderful testimony, and it strengthens me, and it blesses me. This has not been one of those instantaneous things, though, in my life. It's something that I'm walking out daily by faith in God because I'm fully persuaded in his word. And I continue to confess that I have perfect eyesight. And I believe it. I believe it. I've seen his word working. But then there are those times when the instantaneous kind of thing happens. I was sitting in church. As a matter of fact, it was in Tree of Life Church and... um, Miss Lindsay's dad, Pastor Walt, was preaching, and uh, I was being really attentive and started daydreaming. And uh, no, I, I, I wasn't daydreaming. I really wasn't. He said something in the message that made it triggered a thought. And I don't even remember what it was, but I remember at that time I didn't have an electric guitar, uh, and I love playing electric guitar because I, I'm a little bit rock and roll, and uh, so I just thought. I just, it was just in my head. I just thought toward the Lord. Didn't even say it. Man, I sure would like an electric guitar. Lord, I'd like to have an electric guitar. It was just that simple. After Pastor Walt finished about an hour and a half later, uh, just kidding. (laughs) After the message was over, we we dismissed us. And so I'm getting ready to go, and a friend of mine walks up to me and says, hey, come, come back here to the back with me. Well, back behind the stage is where we kept all the guitar cases and all the musical supplies and stuff like that. And he walks me back there, and he's got to plays bass in our church, and, and he reaches down, grabs a guitar case, and said, I need to give this to you. Tonight, the Lord spoke to me to give this to you. And I open it up, and it's an electric guitar. I thought, Wow. Now, I like that. Yes. That's my yeah. kind of answered prayer. But yeah. I don't even, it's interesting, you know, the scripture says that he knows our thoughts. I didn't even pray it. I just simply said it, and God was there. So, yep, you can have it. I found this walk with God to be very fruitful. Yeah. The more I give attention to hearing his word and accepting his report over my life and enjoying the fruits Thereof. This is a uh, this is a habit. This is a mark of a disciple of Christ. One who is obsessed, if you will, about His Word in their lives. And Jesus said this: "So you will be my disciples." This is going to be an example for all to see. This world needs to see someone who not only prays, not only just known as a person of prayer, but someone who actually, when they pray, things happen. They receive the things that they've prayed for. You'll find the more that happens in your life, the more you're going to have people say, would you pray for me? Hmm? Because this is what discipleship does 
in this world. It is our demonstration of this sonship in our life. It's this demonstration of our experience, our life in God. Our, our disciple Jesus said, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Now we know your, 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 your good works will not save you. They will not take you to heaven. But there's a good chance they'll help someone else get there. All right? Lead some, uh, somebody else to believe this great gospel. This simple, beautiful gospel that Christ died for our sins. He was buried and he rose again the third day. And all who believe on him will receive everlasting life. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this time in your presence. We thank you for your word. It is eternal. Your word is a seed today that has been deposited into the lives of your people. And I pray, God, that they will be fully persuaded by your promise fully persuaded by your word, God, and live in its reality. God, I thank you for the things that you are doing in the lives of these families that are represented here today, God. I thank you, God, that you have saved us and called us. Your scripture says, how will they believe on him of whom they have not heard? How shall they call on him of whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe on him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear? without a preacher. All of us as your children are preachers. That is, we are declarers of this gospel. That gospel, that message of Christ dying for our sins and raising from the dead is a message that saves men's lives. It's got all the power in it for salvation to everyone who believes. And I thank you for all these carriers of this message here today. Lord, that they will be bold and strong in their witness. Lord, that they will demonstrate discipleship in the earth, God. People who love the Word of God, who declare the Word of God, who live the Word of God so that this world, God, may be saved. This world may be changed in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord, that you've put them in places where they can speak, where they can be an influence. They can declare your Word, God, and help those that are around them that the lost would be saved, that the hurting would be healed, God, that those that are bound would be set free and delivered. We thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the ministry of reconciliation that we who were far off have now been brought near by the blood. Thank you for your word taking great effect, having great effect in our lives, and we thank you for it, God. Thank you for the advantage that we have in this world. That is, that God is on our side. And because of that, it doesn't matter who comes against us. It doesn't matter what challenges we face. God is with us. Hallelujah. I want to ask you today, if you're here and you need healing in your body, I just want you to raise your hand right where you're sitting. I just feel the Lord is wanting to right now minister healing. Thank you, Lord, for these who have their hands up. In the name of Jesus, I declare life over them. I declare the healing power of God right now to invade these bodies in Jesus' name, to drive out everything that is contrary to health and wholeness. Jesus paid a dear price when he took that Roman scourge, when they laid stripe after stripe after stripe after stripe upon his back. And those covenant marks were laid there and today he bears the scars of that covenant ensuring to us that we 
are healed. We thank you for that, that his body was broken so that our bodies would be healed. And I declare healing in the name of Jesus. Life, vitality, wholeness. How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power, who went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. And for this purpose, the Son of God was manifest to destroy the works of the devil. Thank you, Lord, for that. In Jesus' mighty name, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. One more thing. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today, you're away from God. You know it. You know that you are. I want you to just raise your hand. I want to pray for you today. You say, Pastor Eric, I need help today. I've been going astray. I've been doing my own thing today. I just want to freshly surrender myself to the Lord. Are you here today? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Father, thank you in Jesus' name. For these that have raised their hand, I just thank you for grace and peace right now to be multiplied to them. Lord, you see their hearts. See their hands raised saying, I need that change. And I thank you for helping them, Lord, empowering them, Lord, to develop the habits of a disciple, Lord, to follow you with everything that is in them. In the name of Jesus, we give you glory and praise for all of these things. And it is in your name that we pray. Amen and amen. Hallelujah. Love you guys very much. Thank you for listening to our podcast. We would like to invite you to one of our service times in either McKinney or Dallas. Sunday mornings in McKinney at 9.30 and 11, and Wednesday evenings at 7, and in Dallas, 10.30 Sunday mornings, and our 1 o'clock One Cause Dallas Espanol service. You can find out more information about our church at onecausechurch.com. If you'd like to partner with our ministry, there is also a link on the front page of our website.